Sales of Nation. It's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today, I have Anna Rofsky on the podcast. Hey, Anna, how you doing? Hey, Tyler, how's it going? Doing great, doing great. Excited to have you here. So Anna has a really interesting background. She cut her teeth at Indeed and then uh, moved over to HubSpot, selling HubSpot's tools where she learned a ton and crushed it as an AE, mid-market AE there, and has now just landed at Forethought AI as an enterprise AE. So Anna's had a really cool career, and we're going to talk a lot about that today and some of the calculated risks that you've taken throughout your career, Anna. Tell us a little bit more about the evolution of your career and how some of those calculated risks that you took paid off for you. Yeah. Funnily enough, this kind of backdates to the fact that I was a theater major and thought I was going to be a famous actress when I uh, left college. The jury's still out on whether that's uh, that's actually going to manifest in my life <laughs> or not, but fell into PR after I decided not to pursue the acting thing. Was there things I like about PR, things I don't? That evolved into one of my friends one night being like, I think you'd be really good at sales. I think you'd really like sales. My cousin works at Indeed. Let me know if you want to give it a shot. So I weighed out some pros and cons and I figured, hey, listen, Indeed, it's a reputable company. I know somebody there. Asked a couple of friends who worked there how they liked it. Good stuff. And then thought, okay, why not? I'll take a chance and, and try and see if I like sales. Turns out that calculated risk was 100% what I should have done because I ended up loving sales and finding my true passion. Fast forward a couple of years and I actually took some time off to travel, which is a whole different risk. But when I came <laughs> back thinking about where I wanted to go, I was like, I really want to learn a different selling motion. I had heard so much about HubSpot and you hear SaaS technology is these like big buzzwords. And I was lucky enough to be hired at HubSpot and really took a chance there. And I think my move to HubSpot was probably the best career move to date. I learned so much and I got so much opportunity to grow in all these different areas outside of just being your standard AE. And learning HubSpot is probably one of the hardest things that... The hardest sales jobs ever. (laughs) But it gave me all this opportunity. I really learned so much about SaaS. I learned so much about selling. It made me a better seller. Again, a lot of the, the opportunities and chances I took there led me to grow in all these other different areas as well. Yeah, that's awesome. You talk about a different selling motion and wanting to expand your horizons from when you got into sales at Indeed, which is a unique type of sale, and then moving to HubSpot, which is another unique type of sale. Is learning multiple different selling motions, has that been really valuable for you? Do you think it made you a better overall seller? And should others take note of that, follow that path? Is that, you think, expanded your horizons some or...? Tremendously. Indeed, we were selling pay-per-click advertising in space. And what Indeed taught me was that like always hit the phones, always prospecting, like those kind of fundamental sales skills that you need for any job. But it it taught me that grit and that grind. But HubSpot moving from selling kind of one sort of transactional, more transactional product at Indeed to selling a whole suite of features, to selling to companies who maybe had sales cycles of anywhere from two weeks to six months. When you're selling a CRM, that's a huge long process. And that shift and and going to HubSpot, your question of, do you think that different selling motion really paid off it tremendously? It taught me... Gosh, it's like a laundry list of things. But but really, I think at the end of the day, it taught me how to be a more consultative seller overall. And it really 
taught me the intricacies of selling SaaS, which is just a whole different beast than anything else, really, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. So in your mind, what have you learned? Because being a consultative seller in SaaS, I think that's a phrase that a lot of folks hear. But what did that mean to you, especially coming from a more transactional sale at Indeed? How did you become a better consultative seller? And what does that look like in the SaaS world? Yeah, it's a great question. So how it happened, just that's the nature of HubSpot's selling motion is you have to be consultative. You have to be an advisor. It's not a job where you can just say, hey, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. Not that I was doing that on Indeed, but (laughs) you won't be successful if you do that at HubSpot. You have to qualify your prospects and disqualify your prospects just as much as they are qualifying and disqualifying you. You have to understand their tech stack and if it plays in. Somebody might really want HubSpot, but it might not be a fit for a technology reason for whatever it may be. So you have to really not only understand their pain points and why they would buy, but you have to understand their whole structure as a business, their whole organization. You have to understand what their goals are in the immediate three months, just as much as you need to understand what their goals are in the next three to five years. And that really, I think, shifts you from being hey, I have this product. I think you would be good for it. Buy it to really saying, I am your partner in this evaluation. And I am going to help you think about this from both your short-term ROI and long-term goals effectively as well. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love thinking about the goals in the short-term and the long-term because I think sometimes you just focus on the short-term goals where you want to see where does the tool or where does the strategy fit with where your business is going as well. I think that's a great point. How did that transition go for you? You were in more of a transactional sale, pounding the phones, moved into more of an advisor, more of this consultative sale, longer sales cycle. That's not necessarily an easy transition. So tell us a little bit more about how did that transition go for you and what are some of the lessons you learned? Yeah, Tyler, uh, I mean, not well, to be honest. (laughs) I really, I fell flat on my face. I was not doing well from a performance perspective on ramp. Like it, it was a huge learning curve for me, especially at HubSpot where you are not just moving from PPC advertising to selling a SaaS model. You are, you have to know all of the suites, all of the hubs, all of the different tiers and what comes in what you are a really all-around chameleon as a HubSpot (laughs) sales rep. And you need to learn a lot. You need to learn a lot fast. So it actually was really hard for me initially. And I had major imposter syndrome. I was like, oh my God, doubting who I am as a person. Like (laughs) just your nightmare story where you're just like, oh my God, I suck, all of this stuff. But I was able to turn it around. And I attribute that a lot to just a lot of people believing at me in HubSpot. I think people at HubSpot say, oh, at nine months, like things will start clicking. And I found that to be true for me. But one of the reasons why I think I was able to finally get there was from the opportunities that I took that were outside of selling that made me feel less like an imposter. One of them being, I had this really unique opportunity to run a a new hire training when I was like six months in at the job and not performing on ramp. Like one of my teammates, he ran a training, he was out. He asked one of our other teammates to cover for him. And this other teammate who just really believed in me was like, Anna, I think you should do it. I think that you 
I think you'd be great for it. Hmm. And I'm sitting there, John, what are you talking about? I'm like almost failing at this. And I'm a new hire myself. I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. What do you mean? But I ended up taking that risk and, and doing it. And I attribute that a lot to a lot of what got my confidence back, which effectively ended up putting me in the right headspace to really do well. And once that nine months clicked, paired with that confidence, that's when I took off and became the P-Club rep that I am today. Awesome. That's such an important lesson. Carl Ferreira and I were talking about it on the last episode is entrepreneurship, but like building some of those connections, some of those opportunities. And it sounds like this one was just someone on your team saying, hey, are you interested in doing this? And even though you didn't have the confidence to say yes, you said yes anyways. And I think that's a lot of what we have to do throughout our career, especially working in, whether it's a small company or a big company, you've got to find those opportunities. Or if they land in your lap, you've got to say yes, because most people will say no to those things. Most people will say, no, I'm too busy. This won't help me hit quota this month. This is not important. But actually, it is important. It sounds like this training that you ran, you were six months in, you're running a new hire training, but you don't really feel like you were on solid footing yet. It sounds like that was a key catalyst. How else do you think folks can, either from the top down, like from a leadership level, or just from a culture perspective, how do you think companies can promote this culture of networking and opportunity and just entrepreneurship, if you will, of finding opportunities to expand your skill set and get you ready for those next opportunities within that organization? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think we all need to remind ourselves as AEs particularly, yes, we sell and we love that, but we have passions outside of that. So for me, again, it's the leadership and mentorship kind of thing, which played really nicely into this new hire training. It's also how I take opportunities to enhance my SDRs and I work on that relationship. So my passion is in this mentorship, this coaching, this teaching. And so really finding those opportunities and saying, okay, outside of my quota carrying responsibilities, where can I hone these skills or where can I like practice? Where can I contribute to my organization with that? And the example of the training, it fell into my lap and I was lucky to have such a supportive team and people who really wanted to lift me up. But like, for example, at Forethought, I was like, hey, I ran this new hire training. So if there's opportunity to do that in some capacity, please let me know. I'd love to do that. Finding where your passions are outside of it. And even just the simple matter of voicing your love for it to Mm. somebody involved in those areas, even that is such a small thing can go a long way because you never know who's looking for what, you know, in the organization, you never know what projects are going on outside of your view and your day to day. So simply finding those passions, raising your hand and just being able to say, Hey, this is something I do really well outside of selling that I can contribute to my organization. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can go a long way that can pay a lot of dividends, especially the obvious ones, right. Of like getting more involved and whatnot, but even like in the example of my new hire training, what that did for me is that helped me diminish my imposter syndrome. That helped me gain the confidence that I knew I had deep down, but that I had lost along the way because of performance. Like it, it just can pay off so much for you. And it's just about remembering your kind of life outside of, right. of the number. And that's such an important point. Like just building confidence. If, if, if that's all it does... Doesn't that make you a better seller? Doesn't that make doesn't that make you a better person? It makes you a better colleague. It makes you a better employee. It makes everything your life better. So I think if that's the only thing you get, confidence, that's such an important tool that you can bring to every day. I love that you talk about voicing your love 
for those things to people around you. I know one of the things that you're passionate about is the AE to SDR relationship. I know that's something that you mentioned as one of your passions, and you might try to explore that in your new role at Forethought. But tell me, what do you feel about the AE-SDR relationship? What do you think that should look like? Do you think it goes well right now? Or how can AEs work better with their SDRs to help coach them or mentor them and get them more qualified leads is obviously, how can they work better with their SDR? Yeah, I think it's like an age-old question that, that we in sales are all trying to figure out. I'll tell you that at uh, Indeed, we didn't have BDRs. <laughs> so I was my own appointment setter. I was like BDR, AE, AM, all wrapped into one. <laughs> so when I got to HubSpot and I was like, hold the phone. There are people that get paid an annual salary to set my meetings. This is like a dream come true, right? <laughs> um, so my whole philosophy was like, if somebody is getting paid to do this, like it's my job to teach them how. Their job is solely responsible for getting me opportunities for me then to close. That's awesome. Like it is on me to help develop them so that they can talk and speak better to my prospects so that they know how to approach calls so that they can get me the calls that will I can close that will get me to my number. So I think that there is unfortunately just like in the sales world, almost like a stigma of that's a lot to do. That's a lot of investment of my time, of my efforts, of my resources to like really develop them and what's in it for me. Yeah. So I think that if A's look at that and say, hey, listen, if I invest my time, it's almost like a prospect, right? Like if you invest the time and you get to know them and you discover the areas where like you can help them and where they can help you, like it will pay off. I encourage my fellow AEs to really look at it as an opportunity that you have to better enable yourself right too, in addition to better enabling these people whose job it is to secure opportunities for you. Mm -hmm. One thing you said was it's your job as an AE to teach them how to prospect. Sounds like you had a lot of background doing that, running full cycle at Indeed, how to do that. Let's say... Some AEs might come in with a lot of prospecting experience. Some might come in with little. How do AEs, how can they level up their prospecting game so that they can better enable and teach and mentor their SDRs if they may or may not have a deep prospecting background? Yeah, I feel like that's a tough question because I feel like prospecting is different at every company, mm. right? But something that I do is that I run a lot of practice cold calls with my SDRs. So I'll give my SDR a list of five target accounts and I'll be like, until we're going to work together, until I feel you're really getting solid ground of how to talk to these people and whatnot, you only have access to these five here. Eventually you'll have my whole book, but we're going to work up to that. And what I'll do is I'll just simply practice the cold call with them. I'll give them a contact. I'll say, I'm going to pretend to be that person. You call into me and let's practice because they will eventually be calling that real life person and better for them to practice with you. And where you can say, Hey, say this, don't say this. Here's the meat of the conversation that you really want to get. Here's what's important. If you do that, 
takes maybe what, 30 minutes of your time. Then when they go and call that real life person, they're actually prepped and armed with exactly how you want them to talk to them. And then you're almost like controlling the conversation in a way while also giving them an opportunity to learn from you and grow from you. Again, it's just a win-win situation all around. Yeah, 100%. And I love teaching an SDR how to get to the meat of the conversation because I think that's something they can struggle with is having some of those business outcome type conversations very early on versus it being surface level and here's what we do and that kind of stuff, more focused on them and their goals, their outcomes. I think teaching an SDR that is so impactful as well as doesn't it help the relationship between you and the SDR? Don't they feel like, because they may not be getting all of this TLC from their AEs. They might be TLCs, tender love and care from their AEs they might be getting that from you. And then the next day is, hey, what do you have for me? What are you bringing me today? I need some leads. I got to hit quota this month. So isn't it easier to work with people when you mentor and coach them and care about them? (laughs) Totally. And 10 out of 10, like when you do that for an SDR, like one common thing I think that all SDRs have is grit and desire to be good. If they have that, and like you're investing in them, then they're going to take that grit and desire to be good and invest that back in you. Like they're going to work harder for you. They're going to enjoy working with you. And again, it's an investment in a relationship. One thing that I do, how I kick off every meeting with a new SDR, because at HubSpot, we kind of shift them around a little bit, but every new meeting I go in and I say, almost like a prospect, what are your short-term goals and what are your long-term goals? And you can weed out the people who maybe were hired, who like don't know if they want to be in sales versus the people who are like, I have an AE mind track and all of that. And I just really outline it. And I say, listen, this is what you're going to do for me. This is what my expectations are. I expect you to be booking quality meetings, but I will teach you how to do that. You know, it's, here are my expectations of you. This is how hard I want you to work for me, but this is how hard I'm going to work for you. If you want to be an AE, great. Let's talk about when you eventually get there, I'll help you run discovery calls. Like in, in some cases, I even helped my SDRs at HubSpot interview with their interview for their AE position. So it becomes this entire give-get relationship that, again, if you're investing it, it only proves a better ROI for you, whether it's booking more quality meetings, having those leadership and mentorship opportunities, or just simply being a good human and, and investing in these people who are more often than not younger than you in their career. And again, I just, I view it totally as a win-win situation. You bring up the best point there, being a good human being. It's like people want to work with people they like. And I'm so going to go to bat for Anna, who like cares about me and runs these practice cold calls and does all these things. I want to help Anna succeed. It's just at the end of the day, we want to help people that we like. It's funny you were bringing up, you asked the SDRs about their goals, about their future plans. It's similar to what you were talking about earlier, like being a consultative SaaS seller, asking the clients about their goals, short-term and long-term. It's funny. It applies in both situations. Like you want to treat them as one of your, not necessarily prospects, as a customer of yours, you want to really have that symbiotic relationship where it's not just about software, it's about outcomes and it's about their goals and it's about what do they want to achieve as a person? What's the gap right now? Right now I'm an SCR, but in the future I want to be an AE and in the future I want to get into enablement or or management or whatever. 
what are those goals? Because you can really lean into those as an AE and be that mentor for them because you are probably a few years ahead of them in their career. I think that's just so impactful, like being a human. I love that you brought that up because I think that's the biggest key there. (laughs) Totally, totally. And going back to this kind of theme of calculated risk, Tyler, right? I'll give you an example, but I had one SCR that got hired at HubSpot and he was, eh, I don't know if I want to be in sales or not. And because we had that conversation of where do you see yourself in six months, a year, we realized that he would actually be a better fit for marketing. And I helped him transition to the marketing department. So I say that to bring up the fact that he's an example of it. Had I not had that conversation, maybe I would have invested all this time resource into somebody who didn't really want that outcome of being that salesperson. And, and, and maybe that wouldn't, that would not have proven the same ROI of somebody that did. But because I asked that, I didn't invest 100% of the time in developing his sales skills because that's not what he wanted. Mm -hmm. And then I helped him again transition into a a role that was more fitting for him. Then I got a new SDR who wanted to, and the process continues. So just going back to that theme of calculated risk of what you want to invest your time in as well. Love it. Love all the calculated risks we talked about today. Excited to see you in the future and all that you accomplish. Anna, if my listeners want to find you online, what's the best way to do so? Yeah, well, you can find me on LinkedIn and check out Forethought. It's uh, forethought.ai. It's you know, a new company, really exciting stuff coming out of Forethought. So check them out. Feel free to you know DM me on LinkedIn, send me a request, anything. Happy to chat. And, and Tyler, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Yeah, it's been a blast. It's been a blast. We'll do it in another year or two and see all the lessons you've learned at Forethought. Really excited to follow your progress. Thanks so much for joining, Anna. Perfect. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.